hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Welcome to the cast next door, where we love your mother's cookies. We talk about the micro thriller, The Boy Next Door, minute by exquisitely gorgeous minute. I'll be your host for this minute, Park Parkinson, and with me today are Daniel Ifland. Hello. And Antu. What up? And we are today talking about Minute 70. Uh, we ended on a cliffhanger, Minute 69, which, first of all, we didn't say the word 69 nearly enough times, but yeah, uh, now, the, now the opportunity has passed. Our 69 days are over. So we ended on a cliffhanger. Someone was banging on the door trying to get in, and this minute we find out... Wah, wah. Uh, it's just Kevin. It was Kevin. It was Kevin. And she does not stab Kevin, which I was hoping... <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be Garrett and she was going to stab Garrett. It ended up being Kevin, and I was really... Oh, yeah! yeah. Stab Kevin! But no... <laughs> I do like Kevin when he comes in. The delivery's solid. Hey, Mum, uh, what's with the knife? Like, that's exactly... <laughs> it is probably <laughs> Kevin's best moment in the whole movie. He's He's baffled, but... He's like, oh, I don't think mom's going to kill me. So, mom, what's going on? So, if you if you really want good acting out of the kid who plays Kevin, you gotta threaten him. You gotta wave a knife in his face. <laughs> That's the lesson here. I, okay, like th- this whole reveal just really upsets me because it's like, you know, the whole time he's banging on the door and he's like, you know, working his key. Like, what's happening in his movie? You know, like, is he? Does he have a serious problem? Like. I, he really has to pee. I can only imagine on the other side of the door, he is doing the potty dance like crazy. And he's trying like, this key doesn't work, this key doesn't work, this key doesn't work. You know, if someone took the, I don't know, like he's borrowed, he's borrowed his father's keys because he, he lost his own and they were all labeled, you know, little like rubber rings. And he's, ah, which key opens the door? And he's basically about to piss his pants. Okay, finally, well then, then by that logic... Door. If you are like dying to go to the toilet and you open the door and your mom has a knife, pants moistened. <laughs> he's, he's probably pissed himself at this point. Then, yes. He does quite quickly go up the stairs, so that must be the answer. But really, the movie really leans into those cliches of rattling doors and the shadow behind the sort of window. It's like, okay, we know what we are. Let's do this. this, this the movie is back to being a, a definite yeah. thriller. I think once we're in the evidence dungeon at least... Uh, we were totally back to to like crazy thriller yeah. town, and uh, she's got the uh, Deborah Messings about her at the moment. She's looking for some mysteries to solve, and <laughs> then she'll be back into being threatened. Deborah <laughs> Messings about her. <laughs> that is terrible. That is terrible. Is that a reference to Mysteries of Laura? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. That... Yeah, she. I, I, I do. I have seen that show once, and she went into. Uh, Cool, with an interesting swimsuit. That's all I can remember. I think she was a mystery person. It's in the title. <laughs> She's looking for mysteries. You know, it's you know every time there's a use of a kitchen knife in like a, thri- a thriller or whatever, it's always reminds people of like Psycho. I mean, has anyone ever used a kitchen knife in a film that doesn't involve like 
I've never seen anyone cut vegetables with that kitchen knife is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Ever. I, I, the, the one – you know, the first thing that comes to mind is in The Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, Gina Davis is chopping vegetables mm-hmm. and she's had amnesia and they think – this is like something is coming back yeah. to her, and she thinks, oh, I, I'm a chef. I used to be a chef. Yeah. And yeah. she's chopping vegetables. And then someone, if I'm recalling this right, someone throws an apple at her. Because she's like, throw me things to chop. Throw me things to chop. And they're like, here's some <laughs> celery. Here's some carrots. And someone tosses an apple to her, and she takes the chef's knife and, like, throws it. And it pins an apple to the wall. And she's like, uh... Chefs do that. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone just sort of knows, oh, this is creepy. There's like – we just – a little a little clue that maybe what's in her past is actually possibly terrifying. That this gorgeous um, six – This is this scene is not as good as no, that scene. The gorgeous six-foot <laughs> athletic marvel you see before you was not a chef, in fact, before she <laughs> <laughs> uh, lost her memory. That is interesting. It's a good movie, though. We return to – Kristen Chenoweth, who is the opposite of Gina Davis in height, at least. Okay. I was going to get <laughs> like Chenoweth, a bit annoyed. Real life Smurfette. What you going to say? Like, hey, Cheno, Cheno has no talent, and she's not. She's never. Entered oh no, 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 no! I I love Kristen. Chenoweth. She's she's very talented. Yes, she's, she's very talented. A wonderful singer and. Uh. I always yeah. find myself outside the circle of Chenoweth. I've never minded her in anything I've seen, but uh, people talk about her, and I'm just like, I don't know who this woman is. But she's a Broadway star, right? I'm just, yeah, yeah. okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I mean, she's also in some some a fair amount of film and television. I think the first time I saw her was on The West Wing. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, Blank. Um, and she actually she dated Aaron Sorkin for a while. Yeah, because this may surprise you if you've ever seen everything he's ever done. But he has a thing for blondes. Fast talking blondes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, everything he does has has you know um, kind of ice like as opposed to like Hitchcock's icy blonde. Yeah, his is sort of like um, Rosalind Russell style. Yeah, like like hmm. quick talk. Yeah, so like fast talking. Yeah, smart firecracker blondes are kind of his thing. Yeah. So um, so we return to Vicky, but only briefly. Because then Vicky goes down. Yeah, but right, right at the end of that conversation on the phone, J-Lo whispers to herself, I'm going crazy. And you're like, no, no, you can freak out. There's someone trying to kill you. It's okay. Freak out, man. Freak <laughs> away. Like, you're not going crazy. You just found an evidence dungeon. Don't worry about it. Yeah, again, she should have called the police by now. I, I've, if I thought my life was threatened, like I do respect Kristen Chenoweth. I, I, she's, she's very talented, but she's not who I would call <laughs> If I thought someone might be trying to murder me okay. right now, her partner on my is door. a cop. That's good enough in J Lo's mind. That's close <laughs> enough. She's very tiny and lives several miles away, but she knows a police officer. So why She's don't we give Jason. her a chat? Let's do this. <laughs> so Vicky, Vicky goes down, and then uh, behind her. We see Noah. Noah was not trying to get noisily trying to get inside JLo's house and Claire's house. He was in fact quietly slipping in to Vicky's house and has possibly killed her. This we don't know at this moment. We just know that that he hit her with something heavy or so, was it a black you know, jack? Because that's what I imagine. 
Was it, I was thinking like a crowbar or a tire iron. Not a crowbar, because... <laughs> Is that what you want to happen to Cheno? <laughs> this so, this is not so being weird. Gina Davis. Part. This is a weird thing to be to speculate about. What would what what do you think <laughs> or hope a crazy man hit Kristen Chenoweth with? with? It's it's, the it's film. not a... so I I've, and I've never seen a blackjack in real life. So that yeah, I've only seen him in movies. It's a real solid bonk though. <laughs> like it, the noise is like it's, yeah. Uh, it's a good solid noise that comes out of it. It, it sort of made me go, yeah, I've got a, quite a weak stomach when it comes to violence. And The movie is trying to, is in very kind of predictable ways, but it's trying to be unpredictable. It's like scary thing, but not real, but a lot of buildup. Scary thing, a lot of buildup, but not real. You know, like three times in a row, you know, where she's downstairs and someone's coming, but no one goes inside. And then she's upstairs and sees the old man and the music builds up a lot, but, you know, no one's there and it's not a big deal. Here, someone's like not trying to get in the door, but then, oh, it's just Kevin and it's not a big deal. And then, without any buildup at all, Vicky goes down instantly. And so the scary thing, you know, is all of a sudden after. I mean, it's, a, it's a classic horror trope, I would say. To give you sort of like tease you with things that are, you know, cat scares, things that are maybe going to be scary but not, and then to just throw the scary thing at you with no warning whatsoever. It's a good, the evil look, the evil look that Ryan Guzman gives is fantastic as well. He's in full-blown evil <laughs> mode now. He sort of rolls his shoulders a little bit. He's like, I got, I got you, Chenna, with you're down. Like, and let's see what happens now. He's very evil in that moment. I feel like this might be the minute where... I don't think Noah thinks he's a good guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he yeah. is leaning yeah. into the evil. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the dark side. <laughs> in, in, in his mind, he's like the protagonist. He's like, I'm righting wrongs. And so it, uh, I, I completely disagree with that. I think, like, I'm just, I'm just going about my day and trying to make the world, like, yeah, no, in his, like, twisted view or whatever. I think at this point, if if you asked him, like, are you a good guy or a bad guy? Like, before he would have said, I'm a good guy. Of course I'm a good guy. And I think at this point he would say, <laughs> what is good and bad, really? <laughs> is there really any such thing as a good guy? I'm a person who goes with goes after what he wants. And isn't, isn't that good in its own way? <laughs> Vicky, at this point, hasn't has almost been a more active protagonist against Noah than J-Lo has. Like, J-Lo is the object of his affection, but she's the one that tried, you know, expelled him and yelled at him and actually has sort of taken any action against him whatsoever. Vicky, we're speculating because we hardly knew ye. Uh, it's <laughs> sad. It's sad. Uh, so, but of course, J-Lo doesn't know that Vicky is down because they hung up. Mm -hmm. And so instead, she goes to see um, a friend... Of Vicky's boyfriend in San Bernardino uh, because she wants to find out about Noah's father's death. So she goes to Ethan's friend of a friend and he's just describing the accident, which we Detective see in flashback. Chow. Yeah, which is weird. There's a lot of detail in there. It's like the cop right. was in the car. <laughs> Does the cop remember when the guy tried to? He looked up the girl's dress who was in the passenger seat. Is the cop just? I like to imagine the police is just. He's spinning her this story of yeah, they were going down this road yeah. and they were flirting a lot. And... No way. He never mentions any of the flirting. He just. 
that's what we see. But that, that's what we see. We yeah. see the flashback. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where else mm. this could be coming from. That or maybe J Lo. Maybe J Lo is still. You know. No, maybe she's like still from fantasizing. the director's point of view, it's like this is how Noah is seeing it. You know, like because his dad is with like for the like from the audience's perspective, like you know. Like his mom or whatever, like Noah's mom, but like it's obviously this sleazy rendezvous or whatever, and yeah, like so it's like you know the dads, they you know they're like really like hamming it up and having a sleazy time while they're driving and all that stuff. So See, that would that would make sense if it were Noah telling the story. If mm. Noah, if like Noah saying like. My dad got in the car with his girlfriend, and then you see the flashback, and you and then it's like there's sexy times happening in the car, and you imagine Noah is talking about, like, and I bet he was like looking at her skirt and she yeah. was being all flirty, and then they died like they're supposed to, but instead it's the cop talking. So I'm all we're supposed to, all that we're seeing is I'm imagining what the cop is describing to J Lo. So I imagine like the cop is like, then they got in the car, and then. First, she lifted up her skirt and gave him this sly <laughs> nod and a wink. And uh, he reached over and was about to uh, put his hand inside her panties, but right then the brakes went out. And oh, no, he which is think weird the because went out. he thinks he was it really drunk. does. It, but no, but it, but it looks in the scene That's right. they're not drinking. Yeah, like he's not drinking in the car. In the scene, it looks like the brakes went out. Like, it yeah. looks like the way J-Lo might imagine it. This is some... So maybe we're seeing inside J-Lo's head what the cop is saying. It's it... just, like, third hand. It's very weird. Well, it's clear, clearly, like, a point to, like, get a cop. I think we've found, I think we've found the, the single yeah, logical yeah. flaw. It's a tough it's POV to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's clearly just to say, like, Noah is a genius. Like, hey, he made the cops think that he's, like, the dad's a drunk driver and all that stuff. And So this is the dad uh, and the uh, girlfriend, not the mother, the woman that uh, Noah's dad is cheating with. Is that what we're supposed to understand? So why do we have a Yeah, I man? think so. Does Noah have other yeah. siblings? What a strange choice of vehicle for a man um, having a rendezvous with his lady friend that is not his wife, and he's driving oh, a 2006 right. minivan, as we completely understand. Maybe <laughs> maybe um, they can't afford a hotel room, and so instead of getting a really cool car to pick up chicks, his father got a car they could actually have sex in comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> so the, he, they're just gonna go to like like make out point, and he's gonna fold the seats down. I'm I'm going to assume that's how they advertise the 2006 <laughs> minivan, like have have an affair, plenty of room. Yeah, because I thought maybe there was there was a whole backstory about Noah killing his siblings as well that we haven't found out. Uh, and he's just been a maniac for like 15 years. Would a single child fam family have a minivan? These. Like, isn't a minivan for someone, like, with multiple kids and potentially coaching soccer, little league soccer? As the father of a, of a single, of, of, of a single child, since, like, my, my, my kid isn't married, <laughs> as the father of a, of a, of only one child currently, yeah. I, I have no desire to have a minivan just to cart around one kid. And especially no, considering no. at this age, no. Noah was like 17. It didn't happen like eight years ago. It happened two years ago. So when Noah and his dad went for a drive and with his mum, it was just the two parents in the front and one single boy, 17 years old, in the back of a minivan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the real riddle here isn't... I, you, guys, you guys are right. You've convinced me. The real riddle here is 
not who <laughs> killed who with whose car and brakes and whatever. The real riddle is, why is this man driving a minivan? Haven't we already established that if you're trying, if you're, uh, you know, uh, going through a midlife crisis and you want to have an affair with your wife, one of the things you do Coast is get a cool car. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I wouldn't pick a Dodge, but yeah. there but you Garrett go. Knows that's a that's a right, maybe, maybe like a Prowler. Noah's father like bought the minivan as a gesture to his like uh, his side piece uh, to say, "Hey, baby, we could fill up this minivan. That's how much <laughs> I care about you. The potential a, is there." Interesting it was way a to gift go. for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe okay. it was her minivan, and she was married, and she had oh. like three kids. See that that I find hard to believe because like why would Noah like see in like Noah would have to like break into a house and then oh, yeah. you know like yeah why would well, then why would Noah's dad be driving also yeah, Noah is exactly. a complete yeah. genius because he knows to he knows how to make brakes fail only on twisty curvy Hollywood Hills roads where they are likely to die he's a genius <laughs> he, he does, times it times. perfectly right. <laughs> They're not just driving down a suburban street. Because, I mean, if you're, yeah, if your brakes fail, like, in yeah. the burbs, you just, you know, I feel like it would be a lot more, you'd be a much better chance of living that way than, um, like you say, a twisty road, like, yeah. down mountains. Can we get a nice, um... Into oh, a gas truck. Into a gas truck, because I had a really close look, and it just looks as though it's got a big tube. It is. It is a big. It is a truck carrying yeah. a big tube. <laughs> that big it is. Tube. That's all it I'm is. Assuming. There's no gas. I mean, it would be. Well, there, there's an explosion when the car hits. This would be really anticlimactic if it were like a yeah. milk truck. <laughs> it hits quite high too, so I just assumed that their heads exploded that big because there's no way that it could explode like that a car. So I just thought, oh well, their heads exploded. Too bad. Well done, Garrett. Uh, you know, it, like we have to like be. Re- just think of the fact that, like, this is a carefully budgeted movie, so, like, they couldn't afford a giant gas tanker. It was like, a ah, big tube <laughs> looks like a gas tanker, I guess. Oh, you're... I'm looking at it now. You're right. They're carrying... They're carrying multiple yeah. tubes. It's a... It's a, it's it's like a... It's like yeah. they're carrying, like, pipes for, like, mm. like, a, like sewer pipes. Uh, well, clearly, the... the, the Why the hell is there an explosion? <laughs> The passion between them is the explosion, <laughs> right? That's that's more than enough to ignite their fiery death, right? That's this this actually this road has no twists and turns. They're just mm. on a road. The brakes don't work yeah. anymore, and so what? they veer into a truck. That's it. My partner had the same response when we watched the whole movie together, Park, that she said, why are they on the wrong side of the road? Because immediately, you're right, the brakes go out and he just veers one way and then veers the other. <laughs> My Wait. first thought was you were, you were, your wife said that because, um, <laughs> because it's, it's, you're Australian. Yeah. And you were just confused watch, why they were driving on the right side. She just, <laughs> why are they on the wrong side? <laughs> <laughs> Is that person's... That's all we do. We just. In fact, every when time they... you watch a Hollywood movie, you're like, "Why is everyone driving on the wrong side of the road?" <laughs> did you Did you know that when like they release films over here, they just mirror the image just so like we're more comfortable with the film? It was. It's much less creepy to have all I'm the sure all I, the. Yeah words just backwards than, <laughs> than than to have the cars driving on the wrong side and the steering wheels the wrong side of the car it's just confusing to follow it was a big flop here because it was our first time they showed a toilet flushing and the whole of australia went well uh, that's not how that works <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, the water's going the wrong way. Uh, I just want to, like, go back to this detective, uh, the actor Francis, Fra- Francois Chow, I think. Johnny or, Chow is his name. He played the Shredder. Mm. Oh, yeah, the character's name is Johnny, detective, Johnny Cho, Cho, I yeah. think. Like, the Shredder in the original Turtles movie? Uh, in the second Turtles movie, where he famously wow. says babies, or they're babies, or whatever. Mm. But, uh, I did not know that. I did not recognize He's had it a solid career. From when I was 14 or whatever. He um, was in a lot of TV in 15 years, did the, the Bones, the that that group of sort of like... But he's got uh, he's got a solid little part here. Well, I hope I hope he continues to get, uh, <laughs> to get good work. What have I written for you, uh, Francois? <laughs> <laughs> that might be where we're going to end this minute um, we'd say uh, uh, Francois Chow um, we wish you the best you were, you've were you been great in this minute so far as Detective Johnny Johnny Chow and uh, keep up the good work I wanted to take Did I just de- derail the podcast as well? Like yeah, it's not much. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that really is the end. This, this is yeah. not, this is the end of our minute. Really, right. is, is the uh, is the explosion? Is is it? Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to say about this minute? Uh, no, not for me. I've been your host, Park Parkinson. With me has been Daniel. Hello, thank you very much. Ah, you can follow me on Twitter. Diffland is my name. Can you? What 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 is uh, Daniel? What's your what's your uh, Twitter it's handle? Diffland. Oh, one word. I'm the only. There's only two of us in the world, so I get all the original names. D. Eflin. That's two Fs. D. Eflin. All right. And on to? Uh, I'm not on Twitter, but uh, maybe I'll plug... Uh, I, I just want to plug Train Tracks, uh, the upcoming podcast about the band Train by my friend <laughs> Louis. And please uh, please release some episodes. And yeah, it's, look forward to hearing that, people. Excellent. On to is the most generous <laughs> plugger. We've had on the show. <laughs> hey, all right. I, I got nothing in the can, all right? I'm just a simple guy talking about minivans. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening. Join us again on the cast next door. Adios. Thank you for listening to A Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I've been your host, the improbably named Park Parkinson. My guests were Daniel Ifland and Antu. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at First Edie Iliad, all one word. Download new episodes at thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Edited by Darren Hustick. Produced by Darren Hustick. Executive producer, Park Parkinson. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, Nurikin, and Universal Pictures. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is the first edition? 